Hello everybody, welcome to this edition of Coffee Time. I'm your host Byron, this is episode number 94. Damn, close to 100, who would have thought that? Wow, crazy. But we are live right now on YouTube, available next day on all podcasting apps, Anchor, Spotify, Google, iTunes, and now newly Amazon Music. So if you got your Amazon Prime, or you got Alexa, can tune us in if you want to. But anywho, enough of that. Alongside me via StreamYard and on YouTube right now is former Major League pitcher Brian Dunsing. How are you? How are you tonight? Doing good. Thanks for having me. No problem. So what? What? Let's just start off there. I know you got before we got on air. You talked about what you're doing. You told me what you're a little bit doing now which is coaching softball with your daughter. How's that going about? Does she have, does she want to have a professional career in softball? Uh, yeah, I think so. Um, she's only 10. Um, we have four kids, uh, 10, eight, six, and four, uh, girl, boy, girl, boy. So, uh, oh, softball's getting perfect combination. Yeah, I know. I know. I, I don't know how that happened, but I mean, I know how it happened, but yeah, I mean, there you go. Uh, timing wise, I think we nailed it, but, um, right. Yeah. So she's 10, you know, so, uh, I just kind of help coach that. I'm kind of an assistant coach. I'm not the head coach or anything like that. Um, but it's going good. You know, she enjoys it and that's what it's all about really at that age, especially is make sure they're having fun and they enjoy the game. And, uh, I also help coach my son's, uh, baseball team too. So this is his first year of kid pitch. So that'll be something new for him as well. And, um, it's a good time for me to get my heart rate elevated, so it's good. Yeah. Now tell me, are you? Are, are do they want to pursue as well? What do, does your do your sons want to pursue what you did? Yes and no. So is it so, early? I, I, I think it's still early. Uh, they all, they both, both my sons say they want to play baseball like dad, but um, mm-hmm. uh, the oldest one, the drive uh, isn't quite there. Uh, the you know, he, he wants to play, but obviously right. he's he's eight. So he's got all this right. other stuff he wants to do, which is great. Right. Um, and then and then the four year old, uh, he's he's our uh, I'm not gonna say bully. Bully is the wrong word, but he is he's our go getter. So it, it, it's kind of fun. He's trying to hang with his older brother, and it just makes a lot of fun right now. So it, it's gotta be fun. That's what we're doing now with our free time. That's what I'm saying. It's gotta be fun for you. I mean, you're retired, living a retired life, coaching up your kids. For a former ball player doing that and staying in the game, I know not pro, but at least staying in the game for the kids. I mean, that's got to be something for you, right? Yeah. Oh, it's 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 great to be honest. I I remember my first uh, well, the first time that my my daughter got her first hit uh, mm-hmm. in a game. Like I was at first base and it was I was trying to hold back tears. I was so proud of her. And then same with my uh, my son dude, The first time he got his first hit, like the look on his face. Um, you know, it's kind of emotional, which is, it seems kind of not ridiculous, but you know, I've, I've been blessed to do a lot of great things and especially in the game of baseball. And then to see your kid get their first hit, you know, like a little dribbler through the infield was like one of the most proudest moments of my life. So, uh, but that's what it's all about. It's fun. Exactly. I enjoy it. Exactly. So now let's get right to it. Uh, after, um, after the, the Olympics had just passed a couple years ago, I see you were a part of two United States teams, the World Cup in 07 and the 08 team. You won gold and bronze. Compare your stints 
to those playoff rounds because I, I know it's a competition compared to the MLB playoff rounds that you were part of with your teams because you were you were in some tight playoff teams with the Twins and the Cubs. Yeah. Um, well, the both the USA team and the, and the Olympic team those those went a little better than the playoff uh, appearances I had in pro ball. Um, but I, I would say, I would say it's darn near the same thing, the same feeling, um, you know, the intensity and the way you, you know, your heart rate gets up, you know, the adrenaline, all that stuff is, it's the same. Um, you just have the whole country watching, uh, you know, with, with the Olympics. So there's a little extra pressure there. Um, I think, Obviously, there's no prouder moment than representing your country. Right. Uh, you know, in 2007, I was supposed to go to the Fall League um, and said no. I didn't want to go and then actually got called to play on the USA team instead. Uh, so I, I went and did that instead. So it was kind of like I kind of fell into it. You know, I hadn't I've never played for any other USA team before mm-hmm. uh, up until that year. And then, uh, like you said, we won gold in Taiwan. And then 2008, I was in AAA with Rochester, New York uh, with the Twins and just having a t- – terrible year terrible season and kind of got back ended into the olympic invite because of the original guy they asked um i don't think i think he's with the white Sox. uh wouldn't let him go right uh right. it's pitched very well the year before so they, they they asked me to go and uh obviously won bronze um which is fantastic i never ever in my entire life would i ever think i'd be an olympian uh let alone win a medal on top of that so that was fantastic and you know and pro ball uh with the playoffs and stuff like that um, I, I was definitely nervous, but I also, I just, I don't know. It, it didn't go as well. It seemed faster. It seemed quicker. Um, even though we went, you know, to a couple, like multiple game series, you know, eighties with the twins and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were like, you know, three couple times with the three games there and the playoffs with the Orioles and the, in the playoff game, it seems like a Roman, like super fast. Whereas, the USA team games, those for some reason seem super slow. Like I can, they felt really dragged out, mm-hmm. um, probably because they were actually longer, but it just seemed slower. Uh, and that's probably about the only difference. Like the pace of play just seemed to, to slow down. How was the crowd in the Beijing games? Because that was the last, if I remember, before they got rid of baseball till a couple years ago. Now it's a city-by-city basis for whoever uh, takes, uh, you know, whoever has the games in four years, I know it goes by that now. But that was the final year before they banned it. Uh, how was the crowd for the Beijing games? And who who was on your team? Did you have any current players that are still playing to this day on that team? Uh, yeah, yeah, we did. Yes. Uh, well, the crowd. The first of all, the crowds were, were really good. I mean, they were very much uh, you know United States heavy. Uh, we did a really good job of traveling. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of families and stuff like that. Um, but but China did. I mean, there's a lot of people that like that you know, they enjoy the game of baseball. So there's a lot of people there. Um, but I think most of our games were probably the most heavy, heavily, you know, crowded games, most fans. Um, and you are going to put me on the spot here. I know for a fact that there was like, uh, like Nate Sheerholz is on the team. Um, see, I'm getting, I, I don't want to get him confused with the 2007 team as well. Cause we had a lot of big league guys on that team as well. Um, right. Right. Golly. Uh, yeah, we had like a bunch of like it seemed like a bunch of Cleveland Indians like guys. Like I think we had like six guys. Uh, but I played with Steven Strasburg in the Olympics. 
um, Jake Arietta, um, obviously myself, um, a, a lot of former guys like uh, Terry Tiffy was on the team, and uh, gosh, I got to at least give you one more that was that was really good. Um, Jepson, Kevin Jepson was in the bullpen for us. He was throwing gas, so we had. I mean, we had defensively, we were stacked as basically, well. Great offense. Basically, when MLB didn't care, the they didn't care if they let you guys go. <laughs> Well, it's actually, you know, what's funny is like they had to get permission for us to go. So it was a, it was obviously a privilege to go, uh, a blessing to be on an Olympic team. But at the same time, we knew right. like, well, that's because we're not going to the big leagues. Right. So um, that was because you know that's obviously our main goal. You know, I mean, representing the country is great, but that was never on anyone's radar. Right. Um, you know, we don't play pro professional baseball to be on the Olympic team. We played to get to the big leagues. So um, knowing that we weren't going to go to the big leagues, at least. For an extended period of time, it was kind of tough for some guys, but um, yeah, I mean, it was. I mean, we were we, we were pretty stacked. Uh, I think we definitely underachieved. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to downplay a bronze medal, third best team in the in the world, but mm-hmm. um, I think we could have at least been playing for that 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 gold medal game. Um, I think we got, we got beat by Korea, and we got beat by Cuba early. Uh, I think we beat Japan a couple times. Then we beat Japan to get into the bronze medal game, but we had to. To beat Canada too. Canada was really close as well. I think I got the win against Canada. I think I threw three innings in relief there, um, and their entire offensive lineup was all lefties. They didn't have one right-handed hitter, Ooh. so that was very interesting. But uh, I think because they all play hockey, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it was um, it was just it was very interesting. You know, it was, it was very cool because you play you know, how many different countries and they all play the game right. differently. Yeah, obviously yeah. same set of rules, but they all have different strategies and different yeah. techniques and stuff like that. So. It was very, very interesting, very cool to see. Um, we did almost, we did almost clear benches with China, and I think that would have been really bad. We would have got that would have been, yes. Especially uh, they got, it got heated. It got, it got intense to where the, the our coaches tell us don't leave the dugout. Like they were holding us back. It was getting, it was getting bad. Um, but I mean, yeah, I, it was, it was great. It was fantastic. We had a really good team. So what? Okay. I got to ask you then, because I know most of the players come over here from the Dominican, Venezuela, Puerto Rican. What what country would you say was the most difficult for you guys to play? Because obviously you guys, you play with these guys here in the U.S. So, but not all of them play for the country. The majority say they do. But who would you say out of those countries I just mentioned was the toughest to play? That's, uh... That is actually really a question. Um, Cuba is probably Cuba's probably one of the toughest. Oh, I forgot about um, Cuba. How can I forget? Yeah, they, they're the ones that stick out the most. Um, they're all just humongous human beings. They and they can play and they're, you, I mean, strong. All their all their pitchers are really good. Um, I actually started the game against them for the championship, and they pulled me after four and two thirds. <laughs> uh, so I didn't get the win, which is. Uh, they can talk about that later, but uh, but what's interesting is like so. For instance, like Cuba, like they all like want to hit fastballs, right? Mm-hmm. So they were really good for uh, anybody like myself who could change speeds and you know throw off speed here and there right. and keep them off balance. Right. Um, Korea was very well balanced, very well balanced. They had power. Uh, they played small ball really well. Defensive, defensively very very good. Um, and Japan. Same thing. Them and Korea are kind of this, kind of the same. And then Canada, you know, we had you know a bunch of lefty hitters. I mean, they were just. I felt like they were swinging out of their shoes until they needed to like really 
try and scratch some cross, and all of a sudden their whole game plan would change. So that was tough to deal with because you had to, you didn't know what game plan they were going to go with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I, when I think of the toughest team that we played, even though we lost to Korea and we lost to uh, Cuba in 08, in 07 we beat Cuba. I still say Cuba is probably, probably up there now, as one of the best. And I, I never played against Dominican. I haven't played against Puerto Rico, but I've played with and against players from those countries, and they're phenomenal. I mean, they're phenomenal athletes, so... Okay, so then, since you didn't get it, I'm not going to say those, but since you had a chance to play out of the teams you did, I believe it was four or five teams that you played against that year. I think it was, did you play four or five, four or five teams? Because I know there's preliminaries and then there's semifinals. Yeah, are we talking about 08 in the, in the Olympics? Yeah, there's what, yeah. Like four we, or five different yeah. teams? Gosh, yeah, it's like almost, I think we did like pool play to start. Um, I think the pool play was like Korea. No, there's only like six or, yeah, I think there's like six or seven teams is all. Um, but because we, we played Korea and we were winning by like one or two runs going into the ninth. Uh, and we gave it up there in the ninth. Um, and then Cuba, we threw Steven Strasburg, you know, obviously he throws gas right, and they were just, right. they were ready for it. So that, that went right to their wheelhouse. Um, yeah. That one, I, I don't remember that one being even, fairly close. I think we lost like three or four runs. I, that could be wrong. But, um, and then Japan, we stacked up really well against them, uh, beat them. Then we beat Canada. And then that put us into playing for the bronze medal by beating Canada, which was against Japan. Um, so, so, I, so we beat them twice. So it's like, we only played four, te- what, three teams, um, uh, which is interesting. And I, I don't even know who was on the other side to be, if I'm gonna be honest, I, I don't know. Oh, we played China too. We put, sorry, we played China as well. We played the host country. So, um, so yeah, we played like four or five games. Yeah, we played four or five games. Um, okay. So then let's say this and out of the, out, out of your five teams, rank them. What would you say was, what would you say was your first, second, third, fourth, and fifth? That, what would you say, roster wise, should you say that gave gave you guys the fits since you played those five games against those teams? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, I, I I have to go like the top three. I think were correct. Uh, I still think we were better than better than Korea. Mm-hmm. Um. But I mean, they won the they won the gold and they beat Cuba to do it. So I would go Korea, Cuba, us for that th- the top three, uh, and then I would go actually uh, Canada, Japan, there you go. Okay. China, in, in those orders. Um, China, obviously, host country has the game. They had some good athletes, but um, just very raw. You know, they didn't they didn't quite understand. Some aspects of the game, you can tell they were kind of new to it, maybe new to that type of stage as well. Um, I know that their manager and pitching coach at the time were actually two American guys. I don't know their names. I just know they were American, um, and they were they were just they were just behind is all. I mean, I'm not saying that they they obviously were talented. They were just behind in, in in some aspects of the game that just didn't allow them to compete as well. So now you be uh, let's get into your pre career, your amateur career, your high school. You went to Millard South High. In Omaha, Nebraska, Nebraska, where you performed well, your time there. Now, tell us about your success there and how well you did that helped you get to being. Uh, I think you went to college, right? So obviously, yeah. getting into a scholarship to go play college ball. How did how much of the success did you have there to get to help you get you to the college level? Yeah. So. I know. I know that the first. Of all, I know that the game of baseball has changed a lot, especially at the high school level. 
uh, the way things are done. But Because um, you had a good success right. from what I saw. The stats, you had over like 400 strikeouts. I mean, you had good success. Yeah, I don't, I don't know those numbers. I, I know that my senior year, I led the state of Nebraska in uh, both batting average and ERA at the same time. I hit 522 yep. and had like a point, uh, it was .72 ERA on the year. Uh, but see, I, I was I was the type of kid growing up that I hit every level. Like I was, as a freshman, playing on the freshman team, sophomores, reserves, you know, and then junior, I was fighting to the varsity level. But I didn't play up, you know, when it came to high school stuff. Uh, a lot of people don't know when I was 13 years old, I tried quitting baseball. I was done. I was burned out. Um, I don't blame you though. At the end of the honestly, at the end of the year party, uh, I told my buddies on Tuesday, like, "Hey, that was fun. I'm done. I'm not gonna play anymore." And as we're walking to our car in the middle of, I mean, this is a concrete parking lot. Two dudes form tackled me and sat on me and said, "Like, we're not getting up until you say you're gonna play." Uh, which obviously I did. So I played my 14 year old season. It was most fun I had too. Like I was just getting so burned out. I wanted to go on vacation with my family. I like, we grew up camping and that's all I wanted to do. Like, and our whole summer was taken like yeah. constantly. We yeah. have like four days before school started of like downtime. And it was like right in school. So we never really had time. And I was getting frustrated with it. Um, anyway, so 14 year old season, I played most fun I had. So then, um, but yeah, I, I just did a lot of camps, you know, I, I enjoyed the game. I, but I enjoyed, I enjoyed the work. I, I enjoyed um, tee work. I always played games with myself. I wanted to see how good I could, I could hit the ball off the tee. I wanted to see how many times I hit the ball right back up the middle off, you know, the coach throwing no matter where the ball was. I, that was my goal, hit it right back up the middle. Um, I always played games with myself. And I know, I kind of noticed. I was like, I'm kind of pretty good, you know. Like it's it's going well. But I was always taught to be humble, so I never, you know, I never like bragged about it by any means. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I started doing some camps. I uh, went down to the University of Nebraska for a couple camps. Uh, a couple buddies drug like drug me to, um, and that was kind of where Nebraska saw me for, for the first time. Uh, I the day I got my actual offer, or I guess when the University of Nebraska knew they were going to give me my offer, they came to watch me pitch my junior year uh, in the summer, and they, uh, gosh, no, I mean, I don't know, it doesn't matter. Uh, I think it was my junior year, and the uh, pitching coach for Nebraska said was talking to a Hutchinson community college, which is in Kansas. Mm. There's, they're also wanting, wanting, wanting me to go there. And that Hutchinson was a feeder for university of Nebraska. Well, so those two coaches obviously know each other. Um, and the pitching coach in Nebraska looks at him and says, if he hits 85 miles an hour today, we're going to take him. And I'm not joking on my last pitch of the night. I threw 85 miles an hour. And go. then uh, I went down to a camp like four days later, they had some summer camp for soon to be seniors. And they, they actually offered me there. Uh, which I thought was kind of weird because my parents weren't. It was kind of like a off the cuff. Hey, we wanted to offer you a scholarship. Um, right. Completely threw me off guard. Like I again, I was the guy I played because I enjoyed the game and it kind of kept me out of trouble. It gave me something to do. But I was always the first guy there. I carried the equipment because I wanted to. Right. Uh, I don't know. I guess it's kind of nerdy, but uh, and I was always the last one to leave. Like I would do extra stuff around the field. Um, just sat and talked with our our coaches the whole time. I enjoyed the feeling of. Like especially late in summer, like when the grass would get cool. at night, the grass would get cool. Like I liked the smell of like the grass. Like I mean, that sounds like kind of lame, um, but I that's what I enjoyed. I, I mean, but I got to know our coaches so well. Both our head coach and assistant coach, both their daughters were flowers. Um, I still I still talk to them like every day. I sponsor the high school legion team, even though we live in Elkhorn. I sponsor the mm-hmm. North South team, but uh, yeah, I mean. The success I had there, 
I think was a prime example of hard work. You know, I don't think it was anything. I wasn't like a standout athlete until that those stats started rolling in. Again, I was throwing 83, 84 miles an hour with a little bit of sink and just kept the ball down, let let the defense play. So, uh, yeah, and then I, I, I got to the University of Nebraska. And my, fr- my first semester, my freshman year, I put on 13 pounds of muscle with, like, the weight program they put us on. Mm-hmm. And I went from 84, 85 to sitting 89, 92. Um, and then my saw until I, I blew out my elbow in 2004. But, uh, I mean, hard work is all really right. hard work and, and dedication right. love of the game. And, and granted, like, there's a lot of people that love the game of baseball and work hard and things don't happen. You know, they just that's just the way it is. Or their journey's different. Uh, that's just how might happen to go now it's a two-part question here now you said you obviously were a good hitter and your stats proved it i see it on uh, with your high in high school you were a good hitter your stats proved it like you said um ultimately what made you decide because obviously you were dominant as a pitcher too so it had to be a tough decision for you just to pick one what made you decide to take one over the other and the other part of the question is, do you think differently if you were drafted as a hitter, do you think your career in baseball would have been a lot different than what you had success with as a pitcher? The, you know what's funny is I've done a lot of interviews and no one has ever asked me that question. That, I, and I love it. That's great. Um, I the, the reason I gave a pitting was because I got recruited as a pitcher. So I figured going Division One, like you didn't have like two-way players. I just, that's just what I assumed. Um so yeah, they get, they get, they get, what's that? We got nowadays. I know that's being blown out the water with Shohei. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly. Um, but yeah, so I got offered as a pitcher. So I, that's just kind of like, I figured, all right, if they wanted me as a hitter, they would have said, Hey, we want you to hit as well. And they never said that. So I just kind of threw that to the wayside. We'd have pitchers BP every once in a while. We throw a shutout, mm-hmm. you know, we have pitchers BP and I'd let it, I'd let it eat here and there. But, um, if I would have got drafted as like a position player and had to hit, I don't know if I would have made it, to be honest. Um, I, I I don't think, I mean, now, especially nowadays when you, you see guys that have to hit for power. I was, I mean, I'm not joking. I was a line drive up the middle guy, mm-hmm. singles and doubles. My senior year, I had like four homers and three were over the fence. And those were the only four homers in my entire life. So it didn't take, I mean, until my senior year, I, I didn't hit homers. I was, I was a singles double guy, and if I got one in the gap, I mean, I used to be able to run pretty good, so I'd, you know, I get a triple or something like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, as a position player, I mean, I, I, I'm not gonna lie, but it didn't work. I, I love playing first base. My main goal right. was that it, unless it's physically out of my reach to jump, right? Like in my mind, like the ball's not getting past me, and that's what I took pride in. Um, but I don't think I would have, I wouldn't have made it. I, 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 w- I don't know. I don't think so. I would like. I mean, if my ego says, yeah, I think I would. But if I'm going to be realistic, I don't think I don't I, think I would. I'd There's have so to, many position players. It's I, unbelievable. Yeah, I'd hate to say it. I'd have to agree with you on that one. With the way the game has changed so much now, with I mean, back in the '90s, that's all, and '80s, that's all they really cared about was speed, bring the runner over, hit the hit the ball, yep. dra- you know, drag the runner over, whatever, small ball. Nowadays, yeah, I mean, slowly it's coming back, but I hate to agree with you. I don't think you would have made it either. No. Not in this. No, I would have been too boring. You know, like, that would have been, I like, wouldn't have been like, no one would have liked me. Like, oh, here comes the guy's going to hit single to the middle. Yay. Like, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, 
and then you know obviously i hadn't hit i, I haven't seen like live pitching forever and then i get to the big leagues and now we're not hitting against these guys throwing 98 miles an hour i'm like i i got no chance and I, it shows like my swings are terrible so um yeah i don't think it would happen so then like you said you after you after you get scouted and you get to go to your basically home home of Nebraska. You get to go to that get that school. You get paired up with college teammates, New York Yankees pitcher Jabba Chamberlain, Kansas City Royal Alex Gordon. Are you still yep. friends with them to this day? Did you guys talk? How was that experience like playing ball with them alongside yeah. them? Yeah, uh, well, they play alongside me. Let's get that straight, all right? I was there first. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding. Uh, no, it was great. So Alex Gordon and I, we still talk. We were at each other's weddings. Um, you know, we still shoot text messages back and forth and stuff like that. I really wish he lived in Lincoln. I think he lives in, he lives in Overland Park, mm-hmm. Kansas, as of now. Um, with Jabba, you know, we, we didn't – we were really close in college. Uh, but, you know, we got to the big leagues. Obviously, we, you know, I say hello and stuff like that. But we just kind of felt – Fell apart, you know, which is not apart. We felt like, you know, yeah, you, uh, different, we went yeah. different directions. It's fall, it's, and there's no, yeah. by no means, any hard feelings whatsoever. That's just life, life happens. So, uh, right. but yeah, I mean, and even like, you know, Tony Watson um, was on, was on those later teams as well. Uh, I mean, we had some guys that could play and in that 05 and 2005, my last year in Nebraska, I mean, I think that was one of the best baseball teams the university has ever seen. Um, definitely underachieved there too. We were the hottest team going into the World Series and um, didn't pan out. But uh, I believe our record was like fifty-seven and fourteen or something insane like that. So I think we had more wins in actual scheduled games when you include the playoffs and stuff like that postseason. But um, yeah, I was very fortunate to play with a lot of great players. And uh, when you play with guys that are better than you, it only makes you better. So very blessed in that in that aspect and. Um, you know, if it wasn't for Dave Van Horn at Nebraska and Coach Anderson and, and to be honest, Coach Childress, Rob Childress, I owe everything to the university and especially yeah. Rob Childress. He taught me how to pitch, taught me how to throw a slider, uh, taught me how to compete just in general. Um, so I owe a lot to the, that university and, and, and those people. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't have got where I was without them. Your tenure there, your three years there, you had one hell of a career. You, your total ERA was 366. You won 17 games. You had a loss. Only you only lost two games. Uh, you your total K's was 136. I mean, I can see why the, you got drafted. That's one hell of a college career. I mean, did you ever have a chance? That you're, and you said you were part of good teams. Did you ever get the chance to like compete for the college World Series? Oh yeah, yeah. We went. So we went in 2002. My freshman year, I started game two of that uh, against uh, South Carolina. Uh, I didn't go that well. I think he gave up like, I want to say, oh gosh, maybe four runs, and they pulled me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 05, we did it again. Went back to the College World Series, and I started – or I, I came out of the bullpen. Uh, threw, we threw against, I think, uh, Florida, University of Florida. Didn't really go well there either uh, for that. But, you know, you know playing in the postseason, I, I, the one game that really sticks out to me the most is <clears> – <throat> My freshman year, we played uh, in a regional in Lincoln. Yep, I was going to ask you that. Yep, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, and I came in six and two thirds relief, and that was like my the, like my big one. You know, that was like the one that got me the start in College World Series. Uh, the way I've been pitching at, at, in the late late go, but I'll tell you what, like back back in those days, 
Haymarket Park in Lincoln was the pinnacle of college baseball. We would we'd sell out 85, 8,800 people on a Tuesday afternoon against – it doesn't matter. I mean, University of Nebraska, Kearney, it, it didn't matter who was in. We were selling out games that, that just shouldn't be sold out. Um, and we were fun. I mean, we were fun. We were fun to watch. I mean, that was just – it was a great atmosphere, and and, at, and right now, Coach Wilpel is there, who I played with my freshman year. Uh, he's now the head coach. I mean, he's got him going in the right direction. Had a little rough patch to start here, but hopefully that gets back to where it needs to be. But um, yeah, we we played played called those series twice, and and I mean that was playing in Rosenblatt. I know it's TD Ameritrade now, but we was Rosenblatt back then. But uh, twenty eight thousand people all in red rooting for you is something else, something that you. You don't lose that feeling ever. Do you remember the one game in the Super Regional where you replaced where you replaced uh, Shane Comine and you lost that one after winning six straight yeah. games? How brutal yeah, was that? Yeah, was that uh, that was against uh, heavy against Miami? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, against Miami. Um, How yeah, brutal was that? I, I, I mean, you came in winning six straight. That yeah, uh, yeah. I just it got away from me. We had bases loaded. Uh, I just couldn't find the zone. And then the guy they brought in after me gave up a grand slam, which are obviously my runs. So that kind of stunk. But uh, yeah, no, I remember that game too. I felt felt really, I felt so. I didn't. Small sounds weird. Like I just felt tiny. I just felt like I'm an idiot. I you know I couldn't figure it out. I had no idea. I was. I mean, I was jacked up. It wasn't like I wasn't ready to go. It just two things snowballed, and the game sped up on me. And next thing you know, it was like we lost. I'm like, awesome, great job, Brian. You did it. Um, but then, uh, obviously, we ended up winning that series. But what's interesting about that is, like, Ryan Braun was on that Miami team. Uh, Danny Valencia, who I actually played with in Minnesota, was on that right. team. Right. Um, I mean, they had they had a couple, they had a couple, two, three, four, five good guys on that team. Um, and I know, I, I know, after talking with Valencia a lot, they they came in the, to Lincoln thinking they were going to blow right through us and go to Omaha, and they ran into a buzzsaw with. Java Chamberlain on that front that Friday night, and then uh, oh no, you're talking about oh my gosh, you're talking about freshman year. I'm thinking oh five. Oh my goodness, uh, who was that against? Uh, you think that was was that Richmond? That was Richmond. Yeah, it was in yeah it was yeah to Richmond. Yep. To, in the yeah, Super yeah. Regional. I'm sorry, I got confused there for a second. I thought um, it was Miami because that's what yeah. I thought I saw. Oh, yeah, but yeah, the but... Grand Slam did happen against Richmond. That was yeah. that was not good. Um, but, you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> obviously, the memories are still clear. I don't remember who we were playing. But uh, well, I remember Richmond had, like, two or three big boppers on our team, too, that just – I mean, we didn't – this sounds bad because they were there and it was super regional, but, like, they kind of came out of nowhere you know, in our minds because we thought we were had – I can't remember who they beat in their, in their regional. It was kind of an upset. And uh, they put up a good – it put up a showing. But I remember I remember the dog pile like it was yesterday. Yeah. Um, now Vanderbilt was known is known for their baseball lineage. Uh, did you have the pleasure any of those years facing any of Vanderbilt's teams that had future MLB players? Because you know Vanderbilt is a well known mm-hmm. school for baseball lineage, almost big names. I mean, big names: Evan Longoria, uh, yeah. David Price. You name it. It's who's who mm-hmm. names coming out from that school. Did you have yeah, I never, I never, any of those guys? I don't think we ever played against Vanderbilt. I played with like Longoria uh, on one of those USA teams. Uh, obviously against David Price, I pitched against David Price in the big leagues a lot. Um, 
Vanderbilt has obviously been like a, a, an unbelievable powerhouse when it comes to baseball. I, I don't get it. I don't understand how they do it. But uh, I don't either. It's a great baseball school. So, yeah, I mean, anytime you see like in the, in the draft, especially anytime you see anyone that came from Vanderbilt, you know they're studs. So, um, they got a good program. They got to go. They, they got it going on over there. Yeah, because your, your freshman year, I mean, you well deserved this. You got, you had an honorable mention for All American, and you were a Big Twelve All Freshman team on that team. Well deserved. I mean, that year was amazing. I mean, you compiled, you you compiled, sixty uh, Ks, won six games, lost two. An 18 game, 78 innings pitch. So you deserve that. But then the following year, you get hurt. Now, did you know that you were going to, did you think that was going to hurt your scouting a little bit? Is that why you stayed an extra year to play? Or did you think you were going to get drafted regardless with that elbow injury? Uh, well, so yeah, I tore it in 03, but I tore it again in 04. Um, I, so I tore it in 03. Uh, it was like, gosh, we. It was at home, doubleheader against University of Wisconsin, Milwaukee. Actually, it was like 28 degrees at the start of game two of a doubleheader. And about, I don't want to say second or third inning, I felt it go. Back then, which sounds weird, but in 2003, like the, I wasn't a complete tear. It was like a partial tear. So they wanted me to just rehab it mm. um, and try and get it back that way. Well, then, like, it was almost like a year to the date. Uh, I was throwing a bullpen inside and it went again. I felt it go even, like, even farther. It still was not a complete tear. So in 2004, I had surgery. Um, but even then, like, I remember I remember our head coach, Mike Anderson, at the time, pulling me off the side. And he was, like, devastated. He's like, man, he's like, I'm so sorry this is happening to you. And I, I, told, I told him. I stopped. I was like, hey, I'm fine. Like, back then, I, I, my main goal when I was in college was I wanted to be a high school English teacher. I wanted to coach at Lawrence South with my ex-head coach and teach high school English. That was my main goal yeah you weren't uh, worried about making it a big leagues yeah no no not at all like again like i didn't think i was gonna play college baseball right and then i'm getting a scholarship and let alone think i was gonna play professional baseball and then i'm getting drafted and then right even then i was like uh, i'll probably give it three or four years and then the career i had is like insane i don't but uh so then when i t- yeah i tore it in 04 and so then i rehabbed it that's when i was I, and then when i got drafted in 05 alex gordon went number two overall and so, like, I remember his brother was the only one allowed in the, in the stadium because we were practicing, getting ready mm-hmm. for the World Series. Mm-hmm. And so the draft starts, we're working out, whatever, and then his brother just holds up, like, goes like this in the stands. So we're like, oh, he went number two. Like, we all converge, get, you know, kind of dogpiled on a little bit, congratulated him, stuff like that. So we go through practice, right? We're going through practice, and we, we're doing, like, our thing at the end where we have our meeting, and the coaches are kind of calling it up. And I, at the core of my eye, I see our media relations guy like sprinting down the stairs. And, and I'm like, in my head, I think it's that Kronke, who's the lefty on our team. Like, something, I'm like, I think he got drafted. Like, something happened. Like, what's right. going on here? Right. And so he kind of pulls our coach off the side, talks to him, and he goes, whoa, 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 before we break it up, you know, we gave congratulations to Alex Gordon. There's another guy we need to congratulate, and that's Mr. Dunson. And I was like, holy sh-. you know, I like, I didn't, it caught me so off guard. I'm like, what? And they said, yeah, I got drafted in the third round, this and that. And like, so I'm like, I didn't even know what to say. Like people are like, congrats. I'm just like dumbfounded. Like I didn't, I didn't, even to this day, like I don't, I don't think I realized how good I actually was. Um, so I didn't, definitely then I did not know how, how things were going. So then I, the media pulls me off to the side. They're, they're asking me every question in the book. Like I'm just, just pumped. And then they, 
I had to stop them though because I, I go, I don't who, who even drafted me. I don't even told me who I got drafted. They're like, oh, the Minnesota Twins. I'm like, all right, sweet. Like I, I talked to them one time my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. I had heard from them since. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously a lot to that organization as well. Uh, everything is timing. Everything is, you know, when, especially in baseball, it's it's luck, it's timing, and it's uh, obviously skill and. I mean, who knows? If I got drafted by anybody else, I know the White Sox were talking to my dad a lot about taking me in the fifth round. They said, if I get drafted in the fifth round, will I go? Mm-hmm. You know, this because I had one more year of eligibility. And again, I wasn't planning on playing pro ball. I was going to be a high school English teacher. Right. And so I told my dad, I was like, I mean, if I go to the fifth round, yeah, I'll probably go. But anything outside the top, top 10, no no chance. Right. And then they drafted me in the third round and um, – just kind of worked out, you know. The Twins was a, were an organization at the time where they were they were still preaching pitch to contact, let your defense play, uh, those type of things, which was like right in my wheelhouse. I wasn't a guy that's going to blow the doors off anybody. Um, I could I could sink the ball. I could make a guy hit the ball on the ground. I could jam a guy. I might get a strikeout here and there, you know. Uh, but I wasn't these guys that come out and punch up eight to twelve with ninety seven on our fuel. You know, I was ninety ninety three with sink. And so it fit perfectly. And then also that organization had some unfortunate key injuries, but that's just kind of how it works. And then I kind of moved up the ladder that way and performed well when I needed to. So so who ultimately told you that you did get drafted by them? Was it the manager, Ron Gardenheiner himself, the owner, the general manager? Who ultimately told you in the end that you were getting drafted by them? It was it was the scout that signed me. He called me. Um I had like a, uh, he knew, he knew we were practicing. So like he, I had like a missed call, like 10 minutes before practice is over. Um, so he, he knew the situation, but, uh, yeah, they, it was the scout who signed me, um, is the one that called. He's the one guy I talked to the, like my sophomore year. He left kind of a message that, you know, reminded me who he was and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, so it wasn't like, I never talked to Guardy I never talked to the front office or anything like that. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it just kind of went through the whole process of, and they asked me if I had an agent way back when, like mm-hmm. all these teams that come in and do your questionnaires and stuff, they asked if I had an agent and I said no, right. or an advisor or whatever it was. Um, and so when I actually got drafted that high, I kind of wanted an agent or an advisor because I didn't know what the heck was going on and I loved my dad to death, but I didn't want to leave it up to him like, right. to like, negotiate. So, right, I don't blame you. Um, but I also was like, I'm not going to, first thing I'm going to do in Pro Bowl is not going to go against my word. So... I didn't use an advisor, but he was kind of the guy I ended up signing with as an agent. He was kind of giving me some questions to ask and like kind of giving me some stuff, but I did all the talking. He never spoke to the team until after I signed. But uh, yeah, I love, I love Minnesota twins. They'll always be home. Um, It was uh, yeah. Complete blessing, but complete surprise too. Again, like I was doing, I did like a 15 minute interview without even knowing who drafted me until I finally had to ask. So it was uh, it was pretty interesting. So after you get drafted, you spend some time in the minors with them before your call up. Tell us about your minor league experience. What was that like pitching before you out ultimately get the call up to the Twins? It was hard. Uh, not the baseball sense, but like the the lifestyle was hard. Um, at the University of Nebraska, we had you know eighty eight hundred people coming every game. We had Oak lockers, nice locker room, unbelievable showers, uh, meal money uh, when we go on the roads, nice uniforms, you know, everything. You know, and then I signed, I went to Elizabethton, Tennessee, which is 
uh, short season, two month season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I rolled in. It was the field was no better than any high school field I played on. There's like 35 people in the stands. Uh, the clubby wash our uniforms by taking all of them, throwing them into a pile in the shower and hose them off. Like while we're showering, um, just like a complete culture shock. <clears throat> that was tough. Uh, but then once I kind of got my, my feet wet, I got my bearings. I could just focus on the game of baseball. And then, then it was kind of like, I just kind of did what I've been doing for the last eight years. And I was just trying to throw strikes down the zone. And, and I had, I obviously had rough outings. Um, so every time I had a rough outing, though, I'd email or call our academic advisor at the University of Nebraska and like, hey, this ain't going to work out. I need, to, I need to get my degree. And then after a while, she stopped replying to my emails and messages because she just knew that I was having a rough day. So, mm-hmm. um, but it was, I mean, I went up, same thing. I went up the, I went up the ladder, you know, short season to low A to high A. To, um, in 2006, my first full season, I started in low A in Beloit, Wisconsin. Um the last time before I got called up, I gave up seven earned runs in like two innings, three innings. And they called me up that day. I'm like, All right, that's weird. Uh, go to Fort Myers, Florida that year. And then give up another, I have another outing later, like a month into it where I gave up seven earned runs in three innings. And they called me up the next day to double A. I'm like, what is good? I can give up seven runs every time. That's all it takes. You know, like that's easy. Um, so I went from, from low A and finished in double A in 06. 2007, I started in double A. Uh, and just, I mean, myself and a buddy of mine, Nick Blackburn, who I still talk with, we were, I mean, we were carving people up. We were the best one-two combo in double-A. Yeah. Go up to play in 08 and finish the year pretty good there. And then 08, or I mean, yeah, 07 was double-A to triple-A. And 08 went back to triple-A and had a horrendous year. It was just bad. I couldn't, I had like a 12 ERA in the first inning and then everything after was great, but I couldn't get out of the first inning. It seemed like without giving up runs and, uh, like I said, it was bad. Just a bad year. Uh, I ended up going to the Olympics. That was the year I went to the Olympics. And that kind right, of, I don't right. know around. But that's just, I mean, I hit every every roadblock. I had success. I had, you know, the failures, and which I think was great. I mean, that's, I mean, you, I, I think if it would have been smooth sailing the whole way up, I wouldn't have been prepared for big league lifestyle and, and like, big league hitters. But, uh, again, I was fortunate that the, the Twins had good coaches. Um, a lot of people kind of bounce things off of. And, and then 2009, I went to spring training, and, um, didn't, didn't give up a run all all big league spring training and, and made the team out of camp because uh, I think someone went someone got hurt. I think Scott Baker got hurt and just kind of filled that role and was up for a little bit. Debuted. I uh, got sent back down to AAA and then when I got called back up, I never I never went back down. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, some of my best memories in professional baseball came from the minor leagues and. Well, yeah, it was that, rough, a tough, rough, tough, like you said, back and forth. Oh, yeah. I mean, in Beloit or in Loe, I mean, we had five guys living in a two-bedroom apartment. Uh, my bedroom was two air mattresses on top of each other in the corner of the kitchen. And I used half the pantry as my closet. It was awesome. It was so much fun. We, 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 we spent extra money as a, as a group mm-hmm. to rent a humongous big-screen TV so we could play Call of Duty. It was, it was so great. I mean – those are like the things, I mean, the bus trips like that, that was awesome. Those are the memories that I, that stick with me to this day. So let's get back to the Olympics a little bit real quick. Mm-hmm. I, I see apparently, is this true what I'm seeing? Tell me about this and what brought about this. Uh, you ended up writing a blog called Brian's Baseball Blog, a perspective 
from a player's point of view in the Olympics. Yeah. What brought? What the hell brought up that? What made you decide they, to do that? They they asked me. That's the only reason I did it. The U, USA Baseball said they wanted somebody to do something. I offered. I said I'll do it. That's fine. Um, yeah. So I did like a blog. I just kind of. I don't even know how many times I did it. I don't know how many, but. Yeah, I got in trouble for for one because I, I I almost leaked what we were wearing for opening ceremonies in one of the blogs, and so they were like, "Nope, you gotta take that out. You can't do that yet." I'm like, Geez. "All right, well." So I was basically getting censored already, you know. Yeah, uh, much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't write, <laughs> and I, I, I think that's why. I I, I I see. I know you don't write. That's why that was like a shock to me. Like when I yeah. saw that, I was like, "What?" Yeah, I mean, at first it was fun. I was like, "Oh, cool! They want to hear what I have to say." And then, I, then I kind of realized, like, everyone else said no for a reason now, and I just got completely baited. So, uh, but I mean, it was—I mean, it was fun. It was okay, but uh, yeah, I, I not for me. So then, yeah, like you said, you get lucky after that in 09. You don't, you never get called back down into mi- minors. You get your ultimately, you get your first major league debut. Unfortunately, due to the injury of one scott baker and you get to make your opening day roster like you said and you get to debut what was that experience like did you have goosebumps did you not care was your family there what take us through that whole day of your call-up i mean not your call-up but your debut shall i say yeah uh, so i had actually gotten i had gotten up in the bullpen twice in the opening series in in minneapolis we opened up against uh toronto and uh i got up twice never got in which i think actually helped kind of got the jitters out a little bit mm-hmm. so we played like a three or four game series there and then we went to chicago play the white Sox. uh both my in-laws my wife and then my parents and grandparents were all in minnesota Hoping I debut, which I didn't. Mm-hmm. So then my my folks took my grandparents, drove them all the way back to Kansas, and physically turned around and went right to Chicago. And they pulled in. See, with my in laws, pulled in that day of the first game against the White Sox that I happened to actually debut in. Uh, freezing. Uh, I I was so nervous. I, I was shaking. Uh, I couldn't feel the, when I got called in, I was actually going in. I couldn't feel my legs. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like weird. I guess kind of, I don't even know how I got to the mound. Like they just weren't, they didn't feel like they were working. And I remember the very first guy I faced was AJ Pierzynski. And I jammed him. He had a, he had a ground ball to the first base and he called me every name in the book, the whole way down the baseline. So the point where I'm like, I don't, I don't ever get really fired up. But I was like, who's this guy? What's you can't, why are you calling me these names? And you know, what you and did like, to deserve. Uh, yeah. What you did to deserve it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what? Come on. Like, and then Morneau was like laughing. And after, I'm like, what are you laughing? He's like, you'll figure it out. I'm like, all right. Well, I kind of found out, like, that's just the type of player he was. Like, he just would do that to anybody. It wasn't just like me. He didn't pick on me. But, uh, right, right. Yeah. So, I mean, that, I think that game, I got my, my, yeah, my first inning my first out i got my first strikeout i think i picked it off at second i I think maybe and you gave up your uh, first yeah, home run yeah and that one was a wall script that was bs do you know, other people. Do you know to who uh on a very oh uh, no uh quentin um you, ha- you had the right you yeah, had the Carlos Quentin, yeah. last name right yeah, yeah he had a wall scraper uh denard span i think was in left he said that he heard it hit the wall on the way down I'm like that's any other ballpark it's not out 
you know. But anyways, yeah, he got me. Oh my god, um, that was fun. And then and then we, I stayed there the rest of that series, and we went right back to Minnesota, played Seattle. And I got called. I think I sent down then, and uh, you did because yeah, Baker but it was, came back. Yeah, Baker had come yeah. back. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was awesome. I mean, that was. If I would never have gotten called back up, I would have been completely satisfied. All the hard work paid off. Like that feeling, the way you're treated in the big leagues, like that was the coolest thing ever. Um, yeah. And then when I did get called back up, and I, I, I mean, obviously I didn't get sent back down, but yeah, it was just, I mean, it's, yeah, it was crazy. It was fun. So uh, then let's see here. Then you make your first major league start. You weren't really a starter. You were mainly a bullpen guy. You make your first start when Francisco Ariano gets hurt. Tell us about what, how that came about to make you want to make you want to start because you were primarily a bullpen guy. So what made you decide to get the start against the White Sox? Because obviously they were a powerhouse team as well, like yeah. you said, with Puszynski, Dunn. Yeah. You Tomei, yeah. yeah, I mean that's yeah, they had, they had, their lineup was ridiculous. Ridiculous, um, yes. Well, so in all my college, except for small state college, and all my minor league, I was actually a starter the whole time. So I think when I got called to big leagues, they moved me to like a long reliever, long reliever role, kind of help if a guy you know craft the bed as a starter. Uh, so it was kind of easy. It was an easy transition. Like they they could throw me out there for a while, and it wasn't going to be like they I blew up the whole bullpen unless I completely get out of the first inning so that wasn't i don't think that big of a deal or did that big of a decision for the front office or the you know guardy or those guys um yeah uh first start was against the white Sox. uh i don't even remember how it went to be honest i think my first win came from the royals i think but uh, it looks like to according to this you went five innings that game uh given up two runs which were both home runs on three hits and a no decision Standard, yep. You got in Chicago. That was in Chicago, yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's a band box. Of course, you have homers there. <laughs> exactly. And then, like you said, and then, like you said, you get your first major league win, August twenty second against the Royals. Go figure. Who were horrible mm-hmm. at that time because they didn't yes. start to get winning about what a couple years later. Like yeah, yeah. So. You get, the- but that was fun. So I was born in I was born in a small town in Kansas, Marysville, Kansas. So when I got that start, I had my mom and dad. I think the whole like left field line was all family members. There's like mm-hmm. I think my mom at one point counted like 45, 50 people there that were family members. So that was really cool because I could do it. In, I'm not saying my hometown, but like in kind of like a hometown crowd. Right, right. Uh, and then you get the first one again. I think that was a five and dive. Also, I think I only went like five innings. I hit yeah, like three guys. I feel like and. uh yeah, it's not got to win, but that kind of – I think that was kind of like a turning point of like, okay, I can do this. You know, like even the no decision with the White Sox, I feel like I kind of skated by. Like I was okay with it, but I'm not okay with going five innings. And then the five and dive at the Kansas City, and actually got the win. I was like, okay. like and, our, and, and then the Twins at that time, our bullpen was stacked. I mean, we had yes. McAreer, Jesse Crane, yes. Nathan. Uh, I mean, you yeah. named, we had a guy for every – Every spot. You had a new ridiculous. Hall of Famers. Um, yeah, I mean, Mauer's behind the plate. Mm-hmm. Morneau's at first base. I mean, it was insane. It was so much fun. Um, I learned a lot. Yes. Uh, no, I didn't play at Tor Hunter until 2015, 14. Um, Tor Hunter had just left. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, I played guys. I learned so much from those those veteran guys, especially in the bullpen, because I, you know I spent most of my time there. Of just how to play the game, how to mentally prepare, how to physically prepare, and then how to like mentally take the grind out of the long season and kind of kind of do that too. I mean, I owe so much to those guys, and again, like that organization, that that place. I spent ten years of my career in with the Minnesota Twins organization. That will always be home to me. So. Uh, I I still talk with a bunch of those guys. We actually have a uh, a twins golf outing coming out in October that we're going out to South Carolina. A bunch of us guys that played on those teams. So I'm looking forward to that. And actually, you did better than you thought because according to this, uh, you went seven innings, struck out. You struck out eight in that win against the uh, Royals. So obviously, the Royals weren't that good. I dominated. That's what I'm talking about. No. Exactly. Uh, yeah. so, I, well, I don't know. That was like 20 years ago, it feels like. Right. Well, years pretty ago. much it was that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Almost. Yeah. Jeez. So then, like you said, like you said beforehand, because you all, you put a mention to this previously too, then for that season, 09, you become the game one starter in the ALDS against Sabathia and the Yankees. And... The history says all between the Yankees and Twins. The Twins can, for some odd reason, I don't know what it is. Maybe you can help me out or whatever because you played it and you lived it. Why the blue hell could you guys never get past the Yankees at Yankee Stadium nonetless? I don't know. I honestly honestly don't know. Um, That was the first time I ever pitched the Yankee Stadium as well was that that game. Damn. Uh, I will give – Professional baseball, the credit of there's nothing like baseball in October. That's different. That's a different animal. Right, right. Two, I, I don't, I don't know. I really don't. Uh, I think, I think maybe, like, I can understand them beating us that first game. One, like, a rookie's on the mound myself. Never been there before. Right. Two, we just played game 163 and landed at, like, three in the morning uh, to get into, into Yankee, or into New York. So we're dragging already. Um, So we kind of, I mean, we had nothing in the tank to start now granted like people will say like oh you should have the adrenaline yeah that can only get so far as soon as we lost the lead it was kind of like you just feel all the wind cut six um now 2010 when we played them again i I feel we got hosed on like one of the first games of the the series a couple missed calls but I mean, I don't know. I don't know. They they kind of, they own us. That's I mean, that's the only thing you really say to everyone. I know. Team. I can't call it. Like you guys could never get past. I don't know if it's just the. I'm sure you got tired of hearing this. The curse of the Bambino for you guys. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure that's all you guys had heard about. I mean, it, I mean, but I mean, look at their lineups. I mean, Jeter, A Rod, Teixeira. I mean, yeah. Then you had Mariano coming out of the bullpen. Right. The guys right. throwing gas everywhere. Sabathia. I mean, yeah. I mean. Pettit, I mean, come on, like that, that whole team can make the Hall of Fame, you know, I mean, it was just insane uh, so, I mean I, yeah, I, I think they were supposed to beat us, but I still don't understand why we couldn't at least get one you know, like, why can't we get one out of there somewhere, but uh, yeah, they owned us that's all I can really say, I don't know I don't know it, I don't know. It's just that Yankee Stadium, I guess. It, you, guys, you guys just couldn't do it for some reason. Yeah. Like you said, they had a, they had an all all star team and a Hall of Fame team, and all you guys had was future Hall of Famers. 
Yeah. Well, some of them, at least. Some of them, yeah. yeah. We had a lot of grinders. We had a lot of, a lot of grinders. Yeah. Right, exactly. So then the following year, after that series coming in from the elimination, you arrive at spring training. Um, did you have to compete for a spot, or did you know then and there that you had already made the team going into that year? I went in with the mindset of I had to make the team. Uh, I think if I would have came in think I owned a spot, I think I would, it would have been a disaster. Uh, I still didn't. I don't think I had that good of a spring, but the good thing was I obviously had pitched for him for so long and had success that a bad spring wasn't going to like negate anything I did. Uh, I think I had the spot either way, but I went in with the mindset of I need to earn this spot because mm-hmm. that's just the way my mind works, and I have to have that mentality. Otherwise, I wouldn't have maybe performed as well as I needed to or, or whatever it may be. Like, I didn't want that excuse of like, I didn't, I didn't want to come in with the wrong mindset and use that as an excuse. Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I went in there trying to earn a spot again and then, yeah, this was fortunate obviously to, to do it. So, so then on July later that year, you get inserted back into the starting rotation after your friend, Nick Blackburn got hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, tell us about that. Uh, how well did you end up doing while his taking his spot before he ended up looking like until he ended up going back to the until he got sent to the bullpen? I'm guessing you ended up taking his role after that, then, huh? Because it looks like yeah. he got sent to the bullpen. So tell us about yeah. that. He, yeah, he was having some some knee issues, I believe, and maybe a shoulder issue. Uh, I don't. I mean, it went. I mean, it went well. I, I was pitching really well in 2010. But again, like um, those teams, nine and ten, our defense was insane. So I didn't have to like do anything extra. I could just let physically let them put it, the ball in play, and it was an out. It seemed like you know our outfield could fly, but they had unbelievable arms. They throw guys out left and right. I mean, it was it made pitching easy. Um, so I just kind of just I kind of just picked up where I left off. It seemed like. Uh, Kind of learning here and there, you know, obviously learning some some new ways of, of getting guys out. You had to learn new guys that come to the league, but um, that was just simple. That, that didn't seem as big of a, a task as it was like in 09 to, you know, get your feet wet and stuff. I still obviously was a rookie and still felt like a rookie, but uh, I was able to enjoy it more because I wasn't putting as much pressure on myself. Uh, but yeah, like, I mean, Nick Blackburn and I, we were still buddies. We were, we were play call of duty almost every other night together still so uh we keep in touch got we've gone on trips together and stuff like that so it was difficult to watch that happen to him um but unfortunately it's part of the part of the nature of the game as well uh we put a lot of wear and tear on ourselves so. yeah maybe you can help him get me on here i've been i would like to interview him <laughs> oh yeah for sure i yeah I, I'll, I'll hook you up there that's a piece of cake yeah perfect so following that after that happened and he gets sent to the bullpen, you pitch your first career shutout. Do you remember who it was against and who was the rival pitcher that day that you get your first shutout? Uh, oh, shoot. I only had two. I want to say the oh, – gosh, was, the, was that the – oh, well, it was either the Rays or it was the A's. A's. I don't remember which one was right. the A's. Yep. Okay, so I remember I gave a hit – to start the game to Coco Crisp, I think I think I only gave up like three hits in that game or three or four. Uh, I don't remember who was. I don't remember. Was it Casimir? Was Casimir the opponent pitcher? 
What, uh, gosh, yep. I love that guy. Why can't I think of his name? What's his last? I don't know. I can't remember Cahill. Cahill, thank you. Yep. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Trevor Cahill, that guy, he's a he's a character, I'll tell you what. Oh, yes, uh, he is. Yeah, he's a great human being, though. Uh, love that guy. I did not know that's who I did not know that's who I was. That's yep. who I was. That was your against. first one. Yep, that's what this is saying. Okay, yeah. The second the second one was against the Rays, and that was against Price. Uh, I remember that because I had the bases loaded. I think in the first inning. I remember Somehow that. I watched that game. And then, yeah, I had like I want to say I had like thirty pitches through two innings or something insane, and ended up going the full full length, but. Uh, that was on Fourth of July, I believe. The second one was. Yeah, it was. Yep. Yep. Both in Target Field, so. Yep. There you go. Go figure. Be yeah. at home. So there you go. Accomplish something. There you go. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so then you clinched the division that year in 2010 on October 20th. Uh, you were announced, like you said, the third starter in the postseason rotation. Uh, you pitched well, obviously. So ultimately, who makes the uh, pitching rotation is it the pitching coach is it Ron Garnhire who ultimately makes the rotation say for season or postseason etc how how do you have that process go about that's definitely that that's all manager and and pitching coach and front office I mean we were trying to get our we we're basically trying to get off the stein you know trying to get the the ball rolling so we started with Carl Bavano um, who pitched really well and again like that's one of those things like he made a pitch late in the game to, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? It was a fastball, and I can't think of his name right now. And it was called a ball, and it was not. It was not a ball. It was like the almost out of the middle. Yep, yep. I remember And uh, called it a ball, and then, I mean, he because I remember him yelling at the umpire. I'm like, oh, geez, don't get tossed. We can't get tossed here. And then the next pitch was a double, uh, and then I put in that game because of that. And then, um, gosh, it was game two. Johan Santana, maybe? No, I didn't play with him. He was gone by then. He was gone? Um, okay. I mean, it could have been, been like Scott Baker. It could have been. Yeah, it could have been anybody, yeah. Yeah, it could have been anybody. Uh, and we lost that game. Yeah. I'm like, oh, geez. Like, again? Like, here we are again. And then obviously didn't go well. Losing pitcher again. Got swept again. Uh yeah, so we flew out to Yankee Stadium and got beat and flew right back home. So that was awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> again, it's like some things that you know, that's something that a lot of people can't say they did. Right. Like I had the opportunity to do, so it still stings. Did you at least um, did you at least at all get the chance to salvage a game at all in any of those playoff series against the Yankees? Your couple yeah. years that you you were swept the whole t- you you were swept both yep. series. Oh jeez. Yep. Oh six. Yep. Uh, yeah, because in 2010, we were the first team in the playoffs. First team in. First team out, also. Uh, and then 11, we lost like 97 games. 12, we lost like 95 games. 13 was like 97 plus losses. 14, we almost made the playoffs. Uh, and then 2015, right back to like 97 losses. And then I, we made the, I made the playoffs in 16 with the – Baltimore Orioles. We made the the playing game or whatever you call it, the wild yeah, card game. Yeah, playing. Yeah, wild. Yeah. And then we got walked off that game. So I was at zero and seven. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, one. I was zero and seven in playoff games, like just winning in general. You obviously didn't throw in seven of them. Uh, and then seventeen, when I went to the Cubs and we went to the playoffs. I'm like, oh, this is what it's like to win a playoff game. Sweet, like this is fun. Um. So yeah, I mean, 
I was always disappointed when I lost. Like people always, they always ask like, why? Like, I, you know, media would ask like, why? I, obviously, you're disappointed you lost, but why are you so disappointed? You know, whatever. And in my mind, I was like, you never know when. I mean, this might be that might have been the last time I ever had a chance to pitch in the postseason. It, or since we, I was young, I might have more opportunities. Some of these guys is the last run. Right. And, you know, I felt like I blew it for them. You know, so right. those are tough. Um, very blessed to have another opportunity to get to the postseason, and obviously blessed to actually win some games. Uh, almost got there with the Cubs, the World Series. Never, never pitched the World Series. Obviously, never won a ring. Uh, that one kind of stings a little bit, but um, again, like I, I was able to do way more in my career than a lot of people had the opportunity to that got there. So you can't be too upset about it, right? So then, the next year in 2011, you give the third spot in the rotation. Uh, do you remember if you had to compete for that or not? Were you, or were you just handed it to you? Well, it was weird. I was told I started spring, so I don't, I don't, I didn't know if that was like a mind game they were playing with me or what. But because uh, my first start in spring was against the the Rays, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, and it didn't go well. But they told me like, yeah, like before, like when I got out of the game. The media said, like, so Gardner said you're the starter, you know, third starter or whatever. Um, before the game, he said you're going to be a starter this year. I'm like, oh, like I was, it threw me off. I was supposed to, I came in thinking I was going to compete for the spot and they gave it to me, like this handed it to me. Um, and it, it, that, that year was terrible. That was a horrendous yeah, year. 9, Five, 14, 523 ERA. But you, it didn't go. But you had a good, you had a good reason. You had an oblique injury most of the year, it seemed. Yeah, like I did. I strained, a, what do they call it? They called it intercostal muscle, like the muscles yeah. in between your ribs. Um, yeah, not feel good, but uh, I didn't want to go on the DL because I my whole pro career hadn't been on the DL yet. I didn't want to. I didn't want to turn into a guy that was always on it. So I tried fighting through it, which is probably like the wrong thing to do. But I mean, it is what it is. I guess I don't know. So then, in twenty twelve season, you spend most of the years fifty fifty between the bullpen and the rotation. I I know it didn't bother you, but I mean. What was that? What was that having to be like? Where you were, it was just constant going up and down, up and down. I'm sure you just wanted to be in one spot, though. I'm sure you, as a player, I know you didn't care, but I'm sure you wanted just to stay in one spot instead of having to stay fifty fifty, you know, in one place and the other, you know. Yeah, it was more. It wasn't like the physical part either. It was like the right, mental thing. Right. Yeah. That's what I had to be. Like. I had to be on call, on point. 162 times like i didn't know what my i didn't have a role i mean i had a role but the role was everything except exactly. minus closing exactly you know minus setup minus closing so like i was on point for every game until like the sixth inning then i could finally shut it off unless we were close and might go extras then i had to turn back on again but um that was the hardest part was the mental aspect of it so i think it was 2013 they finally said hey you are in the bullpen you we are not gonna spot start you we're not doing this to you you're you are a reliever that was like the biggest blessing ever because as much as, as much as I wanted to start uh, and be a starter, like it was a blessing because like, okay, now I know how to prepare. Now I can, right. I can do my job now. I can try and figure out how to do my job and, do, and try and do it well. Um, and then obviously like the rest is history. That's probably the best thing for me. I mean, money wise, I would rather have been a starter. I mean, mediocre starters make more money than, good relievers even the fifth the starter time, yeah I even mean, the fifth starter yeah, yeah. the mediocre but, fifth I mean, starter yeah so i mean i again like i 
some of the best memories are the shenanigans that go on in the bullpen, you know? So, I mean, we're a bunch of weirdos down there, so it was great. I fit right in. Um, but, yeah, I, that, that was that's probably the best move, move for my career was them yeah, picking a spot bullpen, yeah. and then making me stay there. Yeah, because I, I see here after that, that succeeded in 2013 when they put you exclusively in that. You you had a 398 ERA in 73 games, and you notched your first career save that season. So mm-hmm. I say it was a success. I mean, yeah, that was your best move that they put you in. Because did you feel like your career was going downhill after that previous year where you were doing 50-50? I don't think – I didn't think – I didn't feel like it was going downhill. I just felt like I was, I was, well, I guess kind of same thing. I felt like I was always climbing uphill. Like I didn't feel like it was like going down. I didn't think like my career was over. I just felt like I was missing something. Like it was, like I wasn't reading scatter reports right. Or it felt like it was always, like every single time I went out there, it was like, like one thing went wrong, which was a big thing. Whether it be like, you know, I my I was missing my spots or. Um, you know, like, uh, off speed wasn't working or is it, it seemed like always, there was always something. So it felt like it was always an uphill battle. Um, so like that was, and then I kept putting more and more pressure on myself. Like I needed to, like every time the ball be put in play, there'd be like a panic attack. Like, oh geez, here we go again. They're coming another eight runs, you know? So then as a reliever, I think it kind of helped because I, I knew it was like short stints, you know, like as a starter, you have a couple good short, quick innings. Mm-hmm. And then like one big blow up inning, two big blow up innings, and like it's the whole day is ruined for the next five days. Like your whole week stinks. Uh, as a reliever, you know you have those short spurts, and you might be able to dodge a few things. Next thing you're having a good year, and um, at the same time though, what stinks about being a reliever is you have to go out and have one bad outing. Right. It take you all year to get those numbers down. Yeah, it could screw uh, up your ERA. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But the good thing is is like the front offices and the GMs and the managers, they all understand the game. So it's like, you might like, sometimes you watch a game and this guy comes in, it's like an eight ERA. And you're like, Oh man, like fans are like, this guy stinks. Well, it's like, well, he has an eight ERA cause he gave up, you know, four runs like a day ago. Like he's still got another hundred games to get this thing down. And then, you know, so it's, that made it a lot easier for me mentally to know that people understood the game, I guess. Uh, that that needed to understand the game, you know, front office guys, managers, stuff like that. Even like the bu- other bullpen guys, you know, like if you have a bad day, a couple bad days in a row, like we were really good about being like, hey man, keep your chin up, like, we need you. Like this is it's a it's a marathon, not a sprint. Like the basic cliche in baseball. Um, but yeah, being in, being in the bullpen, I, I think definitely. I'm not gonna say saved my career, but elongated it. I guess. Now, t- now tell me about this. Not many people get to say this, but you ex- exceeded it. Not many people get to say on a double header, you get both wins. <laughs> tell yeah. us about that. I mean, that had to be crazy in itself. I know playing a double header is crazy because that's 18 innings. Yeah. Regardless, for you to get both wins, I know it's a bull- you were in the bullpen, and I know it's different than starters, but come on. You don't see that often. So how much do you think that was an <laughs> Do you do you consider that self? Do you consider that at least an accomplishment for you at least? Because not many people get to say that. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely an accomplishment. Again, it was one of those things like right place, right time. Kind of, luck. it was kind of luck of the draw. I threw the first game. I think in this, I don't know. I'm gonna say the seventh inning. We'll say the seventh inning. Doesn't really matter. Uh, with I want to say the game was tied, so I came in threw an inning or cleaned up an inning, whatever it may be, sat down, we scored runs the next top half, and then they brought in somebody else. And so I kind of snaked the win, you know? I'm like, oh, sweet. 
Uh, so then we you know, have a little break in between, and and I mean, I'm taking my sweet time getting to the bullpen. Um, get to the bullpen. I have like I think I have like a I have like a soda and like a Gatorade cup. Uh, feet up on the chair. I'm just kind of lean back, thinking there's no way. Like I already threw them done, and they called again like in the sixth inning or seventh inning and said get Dunson going. And I mean that was like one of those like, oh no, like this is gonna be bad. And but we were losing. I think we're losing by one or two runs. So I'm like, okay, like just let's go focus out for a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Came in, did my thing, and we ended up putting up like a three spot. Took the lead. I'm like, no way. Like, how? And then sure enough, we won. I didn't really, it didn't click that we won that game until afterwards. They're like, dude, two in one day. I'm like, what? And then sure enough, like media frenzy, like, like you know, micro in your face. I'm like, whoa, whoa. Like, like, I think it only happened like one other time in the Twins history or something, or two times or something. I don't know. But they made a big deal of it, and I was – I don't think – they didn't like hearing that I was not expecting to pitch, and then I got lucky. Right. So right. Um, but that's basically what it was. You know, it was kind of luck of the draw. I mean, I could have easily went in there and thrown, and then we not score, or we score an inning later, and I don't get the win. So, I mean, it's it's right right place, right time. You know? So then you get an extension with the Twins. Uh, tell us about that, how that process went, and ultimately – what happened there to where you felt like you had to go off into a different team? Because obviously you played after Italy as you played for the Royals, you played for the uh, Orioles, and then you obviously played for the Cubs. So what happened with the Twins? Did they just not want to keep you no more? Did they feel you weren't needed no more? How? What happened there that you you couldn't finish off your career there? Because you had a you had a good career. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, de- I definitely wanted to stay. Yeah. I want. I, that's. I. In my mind, I wanted to finish there. Right? Yeah, I just. Exactly. I loved it so much. Exactly. I love the. I love the front office people. You know, Terry Ryan and and those guys were great. Um, I like the guys that behind the scenes, like our clubbies, like all those guys. I. I still talk with them, almost every other day. Uh, it was just one of those things where. I kind of had a couple, like, in 15, I struggled. I think 14, I struggled a little bit. I think it was just, it was one of those things where, excuse me, just time to move on, you know? It was just like a, it was kind of like, not like a, it was a business move, but they called, I remember they called me. I remember that, like, it was yesterday. Yeah. We just had our third kid. I'm in the hospital. So, I'm in the the hospital. We just had her, like, the the day before. Right. The phone rings. Right. And I, I looked at my wife and said, hey, I have to take this. And I went out in the lobby and I'm talking to them, like, hey, how's it going? So I'm good, just sitting here in the hospital, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, like, are you okay? Like, what happened? Like, what's going on?" And I said, "I said, like, oh, we just had our third kid. Uh, just had a little baby girl, and it was crickets on the phone for like it seemed like eternity." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, in my head, I, I kind of half smile, like, "Oh boy, they weren't expecting to hear that, you know." And then Terry Ryan says, "Like, he goes, I apologize. I didn't even know your wife was pregnant. Mm-hmm. I, I should have known that." I'm like, oh, "It's fine." I'm like, "You." You don't need to know that my wife's pregnant. I mean, come on. Like, you know, we have a whole bunch of other things to worry about. Anyways. Right, exactly. Uh, they want to say, like, well, you know, I think we're going to – we're not going to bring you back this year. Um, they said it's, like, 99% sure. They said there – some random things could happen where they'd ask me back, but more than likely they said don't, like, don't, like, turn down offers hoping that we're going to give you one is basically what they said. And I told them, I said, I get it. It's business. And then and they, they were adamant. They are saying, like, no, you don't understand. Like, this is not an easy decision for us. We enjoy you and your family so much. And that, that made me feel like, you know, made me feel pretty good. Cause I played with a guy named Jamie Carroll. You probably know the name. I do. One of the greatest teammates I played with. And he said something to me when I was playing with him that 
has always stuck with me. He said, when I'm done playing, I want people to, when they say my name, I want people that play with me to say, oh my gosh, that guy was a great teammate. And I think for some reason it stuck with me. So like, that was like kind of how I went about my business. I want to be known as a good teammate. Um, and I think the way they handled that kind of proved that I kind of accomplished my goal that I, I did what I was supposed to. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, it hurt, but we just had our third kid. So like baseball is in the back of my mind. Like I knew I get something somewhere, but I didn't, like I was getting all non-roster minor league invites that was a slap in the face. Like, <clears throat> excuse me. I felt like, um, I feel like I kind of earned a little bit more than that, especially as the first year as a free agent. Um, bunch of offers, like I said, non-Australian minor league offers. So then I went with Kansas City. They were adamant in the fact that I was going to make the team. Um, excuse me. Uh, I was going to make the team and that all I have to do is come in healthy, basically. So I was like, all right, well, I th- in my mind, I was like, worst case scenario, I, I play AAA in Omaha. I'm at home. Great. Uh, so yeah. that was kind of like the leading factor. I actually had a great spring. Like it, when I didn't make that team, it was like a complete mind blow. Uh, I was eating lunch. We were talking about just random stuff. I can't remember who I was sitting with. And, uh, and he just walks by and says, Hey, when you're done eating, will you step in my office real quick? I'm like, Oh, sure. Yeah, no big deal. So I stepped in there. He's like, Hey, man, great spring. I'm like, Thanks. Like, hey, you're not going to make the team. I was like, mm. Like, okay. And he is, 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 and thinking, like looking back on it, it made sense. Like, we have all those off days to start a season. Uh, Duffy was their left handed starter. They didn't need him yet, so they're in the bullpen. There took the spot. So I was like, "Oh, geez." So I call my agent. I'm trying to figure everything out, and uh, <clears throat> I basically said, "Well, hey, I signed here because the worst case scenario was Omaha." So I said, "I, I, I stuck with it." But I had like a fantastic AAA. Like, they gave like a run. You know, it wasn't anything crazy. <clears throat> and I got bypassed five times uh, with getting called up. And finally, I said, "I'm, I'm opting out." And, uh, which they, they understood, you know, it wasn't like any hard feelings, uh, there, but I remember like it was between Toronto and San Francisco, like the best place I was going to sign after I opted out of my contract. And I told my agent, I said, Hey, let's, I texted, let's just go to Toronto. They've Mm -hmm. called so many times. Let's go there. Mm -hmm. He said, okay, hold on. Baltimore might be in play. And this has been like. Like ten days after I opted out, so I'm like, I'm like losing time here. I, like, I need to get moving. Yeah. And I remember texting, I'm like, can we just make a decision? Like, right. Yeah. Like, what? What? what Baltimore is in play. Like, I don't understand. Then he calls me. He's like, Hey, I just got the phone the GM. They really want you. Uh, they said they want to send you to AAA Norfolk for like ten days, get you back into game speed, and they're gonna call you up. I said Baltimore. He's like, and he said, Oh, and they said they tried trading for you in spring training with the Royals, and the Royals said no. Right. Now they kind of like pissed me off. I was like, okay, now not only am I having a great spring, somebody wanted me in the big leagues, which you denied, and then and I don't blame you. Tri- yeah, that's some of the politics involved in baseball. Yeah, so now, so, now I'm like, now I'm pissed. So yeah, I don't blame. Like, all right, well, Baltimore's in. That's we're going there. We're going there. So I went to Baltimore, um, fished in Norfolk for a little while. They called me up the day I get called up was against the Royals. There and you we, go. Go figure. Yeah, we cleared benches. Our bench is cleared. Uh, Ventura and Machado went at it. <clears throat> and uh, that was odd because now like, well, soul. God bless his soul. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. That yeah, it was. He was a good. He was a good dude. I talked to him just a, obviously a few times this spring, but enjoyed the conversations I had with him. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, so now guys I spent all spring with 
I'm now walking back to the bullpens with like kind of talking half trash, just joking around, obviously. But uh, yeah, so then we went to the playoffs and I had a great year in Baltimore, except I, I had bone chips then for when I had surgery in 2004, 12 years later, bone chips moved, couldn't extend my left arm and had surgery. So then I got put on the 68 DL for that, came back through like uh, two weeks and then we made the the wild card game. I pitched in that game, uh, struck out Carrera looking and then, yeah, pulled me and we ended up getting walked off uh, a little bit later that inning. But yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I, 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 I yeah, went from like a home base for 10 years to two different teams and like a matter of months. So it was crazy. I know, like you said, even though, yeah, it was politics involved. I, you, you got to admit this though. You, like you said, you just had your third kid and you wanted to be with family because that's was important. And I know you got cheated out of it, but did you honestly though, feel like it was coming towards the end of your career before the Cubs honestly signed you? Because it kind of felt like that because you didn't spend much time with the Orioles except for 15 mm-hmm. games and you'd got no time whatsoever with the Ro- Royals. So yeah. honestly in your head, did you kind of think it was over at that point between those two teams? I, I didn't know. Uh, I did. I, that's, that's a really good question. I, I didn't, I, I guess I didn't go into off season with high expectations, I guess is a good way to put it just because mm-hmm. I, I didn't, I didn't know where I stood. Um, after the boat chips were out, I came back through it harder um, than before I had than before I had them removed. But I didn't know they were in there. It wasn't like they were causing any issues. Um, but I remember I was in Colorado celebrating a wedding anniversary uh, with my wife. And my agent called. And he asked what we were doing, and so we're celebrating the anniversary. He's like, "Hey, you might have something else to celebrate." I'm like, "Oh yeah, what's that?" He's like, "We got a we got a big league offer." I, I mean, I was like, "What? With who?" And he's like, "Chicago, like the White Sox, you know, like." crazy he's like no no no, the cubs i'm like the cubs they just won the world series like he's like yeah they want you i'm like yep this seems weird something's going on so then we ended up going to florida like my wife and I, we were visiting some friends mm-hmm. and we were going to sign the deal and my my agent says before we sign this is there anything like any questions i said yes i have one question for you and he's like what is it I go what like, what are we missing mm-hmm. he said i don't understand he goes, i go i don't i said I went from last year not having any offers to now I'm getting a two year or two million dollar deal from the reigning World Series yep, champs. From the Cubs, yeah. I go, what I go, what what's going on? Something is off. And he goes, I don't know. He goes, All I know is when a team wants somebody, they go after them. They're going after you because they want you. I'm like, All right, sweet. And then I end best year of my career, 2017. Best year by far. Um so much fun. Playoff wins, all that stuff. Like, it was great. Uh I loved it. Loved Chicago. When people say, what's Big League lifestyle like? Or they try and predict what it's like. That's how the Cubs treated you. I mean, they did everything for you uh, and your family. It was amazing. Um, so I, I owe a lot to the Cubs, too. I, I, I love Chicago. I love the city. I love that team. love those those players I played with. Um, yeah, it was, it was a, yeah, it was really weird. Like, like when you, you can ask these questions, it is kind of odd. Like, I never really thought of it as like there's technically like three different times that the career could have been. Over. It could have been over, yeah. It just didn't. Um, so I don't know. It's like unfortunate, blessed, um, right place, right time type stuff. So, uh, 
before I know it's getting late over here, I'm going to ask you three more questions and then we'll wrap this up. And yeah. I'll, I'll definitely stay into on the plus side, though. I mean, I'm having a great time. This is, I think, the longest yeah. I've ever had anybody on. So I'll, I'll still keep texting you here and there for more conversations. Yeah. This is fun. I like this. I like yeah. this. This is the longest I've actually had somebody on. So this is fun. Oh, good. Yeah, it's good. It's great. So we'll keep it going through text as well. Um, okay. So the first question is, before we get to the last two, is you obviously played for three Hall of Fame managers. Mm-hmm. Um, well, soon to be Hall of Famer, shall I say. Ron Garden Hire, your first one. You spent the most tenure there. With yep. your cup of tea with the Cubs and, and the Orioles, you had Buck Showalter and Joe Madden. How, mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to ask you, in the clubhouse and in a dugout, <laughs> which which one was more s- serious out of the three, and who was funnier? It, I, I I'd have to say before you answer that one, the funniest one probably had to be Joe Madden because looking at his tenure with the Rays, so that had to okay. be Joe Madden, correct? Uh, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna say it incorrect for me. You know, actually, you know what? Technically, I I, I played for four. Uh, Paul Molitor was the manager of the Twins at the end before oh, okay, I left. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He was. Um, I forgot about. But so, him. so funniest was to me was for me was Ron Gardner. I was I was very fortunate to play with a bunch of really good like players managers. You know, like they knew the game well enough to like knew when to come to the clubhouse, when to stay out of the clubhouse, knew the clubhouse of the players, not theirs type thing. Yeah. <laughs> Gardner was awesome. Kept it loose and fun in the in the dugout. 24-7. I mean, he was obviously willing to win. We're doing things the right way right. by far, but right. he knew, like, when a great time was to kind of, you know, rib you a little bit, and another time, like, when to kind of get you going. But uh, he always had our backs. We get tossed for you in a second, uh, Gardner, Gardner did. <clears throat> the most serious, though, was Buck Showalter. Oh, yeah, I could yeah, I knew that one. Yeah, right I'll, I'll tell you what, though. He was actually one of the funnest ones to play with because – the reason everyone was like, oh, he's always looked so mad and angry. Well, he's angry because he went to a game with a game plan, and the game plan is falling apart. And he wants like, to win, like, yeah. He's got yes. that old-school mentality. Yeah, but he is a player's manager. He never was in the clubhouse. The only reason he was in the clubhouse is to get his food because he had to walk in there. Right. He might stop and say, hey, you all right? You're good? And he'd walk off. Like, that was it. Like, never – unless he – if he hadn't talked to you, he called in his office. Otherwise, he was never around uh, in, the, in the clubhouse. Uh, in the dugout, business. He's a business guy. Um, the most positive guy was Matt. He was really good at getting the best out of you by being positive. Exactly. Giving to you straight, but understood the mental aspect of everything. So, I mean, he was like, in 18, I was having, I went from 17 having my best year of my career, 2018 having my worst. Uh, mm-hmm. I was dealing with a lot of stuff. Yeah, um, I lost my grandpa a year. Things were going right on right. the mound. Right, I was taking like some some statins, which is like cholesterol medicine, which was messing my body big time. I mean, they called me in the office two different times. He said, "Hey, you're not right. I can see it. You're not the same guy. I don't know what's going on with you." He's like, "I want you to go home for a week. Go home. Get away from the game. Get your mind right. If you want to go back down to Iowa to get a couple more innings before you come back up, let's do it. Like we gotta get you right." And he did it on more than one occasion. When he could easily, they could easily just release me. Right. 
I mean, like, hit me in the bullpen or whatever, but they, like, he went out of his way to make sure, like, I was right as a human being. I was right, you know, as a family man, and I was right as a player, like, in that order. Right. Um, so it's like, it's hard. Like, people say, who's your favorite manager? Like, I, I, I immediately say Gardner because I had him for so long and he was great. So I'm always right. going to say he's been number one. Right. So, man, really close second. I still, I mean, he didn't have as many shenanigans in Chicago, I think, as he did in Tampa. But uh, always kept it light, kept it fun. He would sit in the front of the plane. So when you got on the plane, he was always talking to you. As you walk by, he'd say something to you, like positive no matter what. And it was it was great. It was so much fun to play for him. Um, but yeah, funniest by far was Gardner for me. That see, guy could that see, guy could I make would, see, I wouldn't have known that because I'm even though I'm a Padre <coughs> fan, that's why I asked you that question because me yeah. as a fan standpoint, since I never was in the locker room or played the game. I only saw what I saw on TV from the Ray standpoint. Even though I'm a Padre oh, yeah. fan, I only get to watch. I only got at the time. I only got to watch the Rays before I got to watch the Padres. Before I was able to afford the MLB TV for the Padres, I watched yeah. all the Rays games here locally, and I could see how Madden was. That's why, to me, I thought he was would have been your funniest. But that's why I asked you because you actually got to be in the locker room. With all those yeah. members, so that's why I had to ask you. <laughs> yeah. So, a really quick story about uh, about Gardner, though. So, my, my nickname is Deuce, and I got it from Gardy. Uh, mm-hmm. But but the but the thing is, is so my number in Minnesota was was fifty two. All right. Uh, but my last name is obviously Dunsing. So all of spring training, especially in 08, 2008 was my first big league spring training. Mm-hmm. Uh, like everyone's called me dunce like obviously short for dunce like just right. dunce done everything right. that's how i've been called that for my whole life anyways so i, get, I was the first guy sit down at a camp so i'm over on the minor league side and i'm gonna throw in a game well they bring in scott baker he needs to throw he needs to get some innings so now i'm throwing in scott baker already had hearing people call me dunce the thought of calling me deuce and so he's like hey deuce how you doing and i'm like i look at him like me, I'm like, oh, uh, yeah, good, good to see you, you know, and kind of just, that was it, that was all it was, and I'm like, what, he's called me Deuce, like, what is going on, so then in 2009, back in spring training, mm-hmm. I told Matt Greer that story, and I thought, you thought he peed his pants, like, he would thought it was the funniest thing he ever heard, he's like, that's the greatest, he start. I mean, I'm not joking, he gets up from the table mid-conversation, and just starts telling the story to everyone around the, around the table, and around the, uh-huh. the locker room, like, oh, Oh, like, oh, no, 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 don't do that. Like, oh, geez, like, this is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. And it stuck. Then on it, it stuck. And then it was like five years later, I told Guardy the story. He's like, oh, uh, I called you Deuce because your your jersey number. I said, what? How do you get Deuce from 52? And he's like, I don't know. That's just, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Anyway, so like that's, so now my nickname has been Deuce from like 2008. Okay, Oh, now because of Ron Gardner, not go. knowing my last name. There you go. <laughs> see, you always got memories to look back on. See, there you go. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So the second part, uh, the second question is before we get to the final one, which I ask everybody. The second question is, um, obviously you were a pitcher, and you obviously hit a lot. You obviously went up against a lot of hitters in your tenure as a pitcher. Um, who gave you the most fits as a pitcher? Who hit you the most? And who did you dominate 
in your time pitching? Who did you dominate? Two-part question there. Yeah. So Miguel Cabrera gave me the biggest fits. He's also terrified me the most. Um, I could, you could, he's good enough. Though, it doesn't really matter who it is. He's good enough though. You fool him and he still finds a way to beat you. Right. Um, he gave me the most fits. And I think he's the, the, number, the hitter I faced the most in my career. <clears throat> no, second most. The guy I faced the most, who I kind of dominated, especially early, was Alex Gordon. Uh, yeah, I owned him. Friend. Yeah, for, friend. Yeah, two or three years. I mean, he wasn't even close. I'm talking like sinkers down the middle. He missed by a foot and a half. To the point, it got so bad to the point where his teammates were giving him a hard time. Like, oh, here you go, punch out. Like, you know, he'd be like, shut up. You can figure it out. <laughs> And I remember then, I remember, I think it was like 2000 and gosh, I want to say 12 or 13, he came up to bat and he wasn't standing in the same spot. Like he was kind of always on the dish. He had scooted back. And I, I remember thinking like, this is, this is different. Like what's going on here. And then he started even out the numbers, like the, the numbers evened out. But I think he was the guy that facing him for so long, I think he's the one I kind of owned the most, uh, but again, he evened it out. Like, don't get me wrong. He, but I never gave a homer to him. I will take that to the grave. I never gave one up to him, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, Miguel Cabrera for sure. I think owned me the owned me the the most. And then anyone in a Yankees uniform, you know, what I mean, like I think any of those guys also have my number. Um, but I mean, yeah, uh, Alex Gordon and Miguel Cabrera, the number one two guys that faced division rivals. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I faced them all the time. So. Um, and also, I mean, also, like, it was interesting because I know this wasn't part of the question, but it was interesting because as I got longer in my, or later in my career, I, I used to do really well against lefties. Well, all of a sudden, like, lefties were starting to dominate me, and I was dominating righties. I couldn't mm-hmm. – it was backwards, right? Like, I should – righties should do better than – my splits were off. Uh, right. <laughs> and I got to uh, – I got to Chicago, right? Again, we're talking about how career should have been over type thing. Uh, I was I, – I think I was kind of hanging on a thread – in 16, excuse me, 16 with Baltimore. And a bullpen coach out there said, hey, you ever throw a left-on-left changeup? I was like, nope, never in my life. He's like, how come? And I was like, well, I don't know. I just never, I don't even homers, you know, I don't know. I don't know why, I, don't know why. I always throw a slider or a curveball. He's like, we, we should start. And it was like the last month when I came, or like the last few weeks when I came back from getting the, the bone chips taken out, I threw a few of those and it worked out great. And so then I got to Chicago and the uh, Sabermetrics guy and now the pitching coach, uh, Tommy Hollywood, he's like, hey, le- your change up on lefties is going to be nasty. Like, we're going to work with that. And, like, that that got me a two-year extension with Chicago because the 17 was so good. Right. <clears throat> all because of left-on-left change up. So uh, I don't know how I got on that topic just all of a sudden, but You're good. that, <clears throat> that good. was interesting got to me because if I would have known that from – day one of being in the big leagues, like, who knows? Like, if I was throwing, if I was throwing left-on-left changeup as a starter, I mean, who knows? Maybe I would have been a, uh, a career starter. I have no idea. But I was just – I wanted to bring that up because we talked about how many times, like, it seemed like the career might be over. No, and, like, no, that one pitch kind of gave me another three years, basically. So the final question is, before we head off, two-part question. Your pitching repertoire, what was it? What was your go-to pitch to get pitchers out – I mean, hitters out – and the second part is define your career in one word. Okay. Uh, so for my first one, repertoire was I had a, both a four seam and two seam fastball, circle change, a 
curveball and slider. Um, the go-to pitch kind of depends. Uh, when I'm early, especially early, my go-to pitch on lefties was a slider. My go-to pitch to get a righty out was a changeup. There's no, there's no better feeling than throwing a changeup on a guy that's expecting fastball and watching them just miss by a mile. It's the greatest feeling ever. Right. Um, then to describe my career in one word. Oh gosh, give me a second here. Hmm. Uh, I'll say, I'll say unbelievable. There you go. I couldn't have said any better. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable career. I mean, at points, like we said, it could have been over and then you just excelled, excelled through it. Yep. So I couldn't say anything better. Yep. Thank you. Definitely. Well, I thank you for your time. I'll definitely stay in touch, Texan, because this was, like I said, this was the longest I've had anybody on for. So definitely, I'm going to text you to, I, even though I stay in touch with everybody, I'm definitely going to continue continue our conversations. It was fun, for sure. Yeah, sounds good, man. And I'll, I'll send you the episode after we get off so you can post that, the audio okay. portion. And, All right. And yeah, if you know anybody, definitely send them... That send them my info uh, or okay. send me their contact info and I'll get it worked on or whatever. But yeah, Sounds good. it was fun. I for appreciate sure. it. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. Definitely. Be in touch for that. Uh, look for that text from me. All right, we'll do it. it. All right, man. Have all a right, good night, good. all right? Take care. Yep, yep. Take it easy. All right, you too. Bye. All right, see you. Brian Dunsing, everybody. Wow, what a conversation. Could have gone all night. That's why I'm going to text him. It was fun. Longest I ever had anybody on. So this concludes episode 94. Usually you won't see episodes go this long, but it was fun. I'm going to keep talking to him, continue the conversation. It was fun. Um, But until then, until next time, you all have a good night. Stay safe out there. but stay tuned on YouTube where you can see all the shows uh, and <clears throat> also tune into the podcast on Spotify, now Apple Music, also on Google, Apple, you name it, all that. But until then, have a good night, take care, and don't do anything stupid out there, all right? Have a good night.